Health Matters, brought to you by Acumen Diagnostics. For more information, please call 8339-8766. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Hey everybody, it's Daniel Martin. Thank you so much for joining me on today's edition. Kickstarting off a new series, we're going to be finding out more about the importance of the regular colonoscopy. In particular, the tipping point for today's discussion started off when about last year, the end of last year, there was a study that was published in peer-reviewed medical journals that could have misled some people into thinking that, oh dear, maybe screening for colon cancer is not a good idea. The study itself was called Screening Procedure. Oh, the article on the uh, actual study was called Screening Procedure Fails to Prevent Colon Cancer Deaths in Large U.S. Study. The colonoscopy in and of itself is a powerful tool. It's seen as the gold standard. What did this study say? And what do our local experts think about it as well? My guest on the program actually wrote um, an opinion piece about why it's important to understand the nature of this study a little bit more in depth. He's joining me now on the program. Dr. Chu Min Ho is general and colorectal surgeon and also president of the Colorectal Society. Dr. Chu, hi there. Hi, hi, Daniel. Nice to hear your voice. Yes, indeed. Good to have you on the show. And let's talk a little bit about this study in particular. Okay, so walk us through the study that was reported on, that was published sometime last year. What, what was it looking at? What, what did they actually do? Right. So thanks, Anu. Um, and before we begin, I think just for the audience, we still stand by that colonoscopy is still the gold standard for colorectal cancer screening. Now, this paper was uh, published actually in a very large journal in the New England of Journal Medicine. This was in October last year, 2022. And this study was conducted with almost 85,000 participants aged 55 to 64 years old in many of the European countries like Poland, Sweden, Netherlands and Norway. And what was significant about the study was that it had a 10-year follow up. Now, this primary aim was to review colorectal cancer risks and death outcomes, and as well as death from any other cause. Now, the study concluded that from this screening group versus a non-screening group, that death from any other cause was no difference, and therefore the co uh, conclusion then published was that there was no improvement in death rates from colonoscopy. Why could that be misleading to the average reader, let's say? Okay, so I think a lot of it comes from statistical analysis. Um, and in fact, from this paper, CNN, Bloomberg, um, BBC also then pulled out headlines to say that there was probably an, uh, no benefit in screening. Now, unfortunately, there was many criticisms, and this was rebutted both in the States, in Europe, and in Singapore as well. Now, firstly, this was uh, what we call a randomized trial, and patients were invited to participate. Uh, for those who are invited, actually overall only 42% participated. Uh, but those that did not agree, they were still lumped into the same group and they were analysed as a result, which means that 60% of those who didn't take part also had their outcomes measured together with those that had screening. So this already sounds very strange and therefore when we look at the overall statistics after that, it may be erroneous to look at that and say and conclude that it is good. And there was a distinction here. So let's talk about that more, drill down a bit more. There was a distinction between colorectal, the, the risk of developing colorectal cancer versus the actual death rate. Why is it important to understand that difference here in this study? Yeah, so overall death rate refers to anything that you pass on from, for example, heart attack, strokes, pneumonia, car accidents. And in fact, in Singapore, heart attack is still the number one uh, killer in Singapore. And there's also other causes like strokes and pneumonia, as I mentioned. And this is therefore uh, analyzed as an overall death rate rather than death from colorectal cancer. 
And in this group, when we looked at those that had colonoscopy screening, and I mentioned 42%, we did in fact conclude that of the 12,000 that had been analysed, there was in fact a 31% risk of death reduction from colorectal cancer, which is very, very high in fact. So bottom line is, and here's the problem, we live in a generation where we just see the headline. We scroll and we see the headline and that's all we absorb. And that's how people are consuming the news information. But the bottom line is this study is not necessarily saying that the colonoscopy is irrelevant. In fact, it kind of proved that the colonoscopy is important in a way, doesn't it? In fact, I, I would completely agree, Daniel. And uh, I think we, we still we still see a large incidence of uh, colorectal cancer in Singapore. It's still the number one cancer in both males and females combined. And unfortunately, even in today, 2023, the majority are still diagnosed at a very advanced stage 3 and stage 4 cancers. And as we all know, stage 4 cancers means that spread is metastasized, metastasized and the survival rate is less than 10% once it's diagnosed. See, that's the thing, and that's why I'm so glad to hear from our local experts on this, because I worry whether headlines like this and studies like this when misinterpreted, let's say, could worsen the problem that already exists. I have been talking about colonoscopies for years on my show, and I know that many people have deeply held fears or, or myths about the nature of the colonoscopy or how safe or efficacious it could be. Are you worried that something like this could worsen a problem where people are already fearful of going for one? Uh, definitely. I think when they first came out, I think some of our patients, our insurance agents and insurers actually questioned the validity of a colonoscopy. Is it really necessary for me to go through all the hassle of bowel preparation and sedation and the risk that a colonoscopy seems to entail? But I think we, we are all you know, very uh, decisive in that and the rebuttal was very immediate that the article was not um, uh, reported correctly and the colonoscopy is still very, very important. Uh, in fact, in the United States, they have started screening much earlier compared to the 50 years old that Singapore has advised. They have now started screening for colon, for colon cancers at 45 years old because young cancers are on the rise, in, in, in fact. Thanks. That's the thing, isn't it? The idea of the power of the colonoscopy is something that I want to go into some detail in the next part because look, this is not only a screening tool uh, that could identify the presence of a polyp, in that same sitting you could remove the polyp which could be a precancerous lesion, i.e. you could have prevented the cancer altogether from happening so it's that powerful dual effect and we'll talk more about that in the next segment. But so on the flip side, if there's this one study that is potentially misrepresenting uh, the actual issue, on the flip side, do we have a lot of evidence and evidence-based studies that show the power of the colonoscopy? Uh, yes, in fact, I think there have been various trials and there are large-scale studies they can they have compared to just a standard stool or cow blood test, which is uh, all over, uh, to compare the te uh, in, in x-rays such as barium enema or CT scans versus the colonoscopy. So there are many that have proven the benefit. The main issue really is the resources that are available as well as the expertise. And in many, many places around the world, it's the waiting time to get an appointment for the scope that's really a deterrent for many as well. Ah, and that's why I guess over time we started introducing things like the FIT and all that kind of thing, right? That's right. So the FIT has been recommended to do it annually, yearly, and the colonoscopy is once in 10 years. But there are many patients nowadays with a significant family history, and significant we mean that a first-degree relative, i.e. your brother, sister, father, mother has cancer, you should then start screening early and about 10 years before the age of diagnosis of cancer, which means if a sibling has been diagnosed at 45, you should start screening at 35 years old and not have a FIT.
Ah, that's the power. That's the thing to remember. Okay, the scheduling, the timing, the risk factor, the risk profile. Dr. Chu, help me understand the nature of the procedure itself a little bit more. We've been talking a lot about this being the gold standard, the gold standard, the gold standard. And I've alluded to it a little bit as well. Why? Why is this the gold standard? Remind us. Yeah, certainly. So, so I think a colonoscopy to many sounds like a very invasive and very uh, scary procedure, but I'd like to reassure everyone that it's not. So this is done in, under sedation. That means you're completely asleep. Um, it's done a very short time, 15 to 30 minutes, depending on the complexity of the procedure. The only tedious bit is that you have to drink a laxative the day before. You have to pass motion quite a lot of times, 10 or 15 times, in fact, to clear the colon. And this is necessary so that it's nice and clean and it's accurate when we do the scope. The scope itself is a flexible tube that goes in from the bottom all the way to the right colon known as the cecum. And as we withdraw and we remove the uh, colonoscopy, we will remove any polyps that we detect. Now, these polyps are important to remove because these are precancerous and they can transform to cancer over 5 to 10 years. So that's the thing, where in many cases, in other cancers, very often I've heard sometimes we can't predict what the cause is or, or there's no opportunity to pick it up early. With a regular course of screening, we could see the area, see the precancerous form of something and remove it as well. Uh, that's absolutely correct. So for the ladies, uh, they have the mammograms and the pap smears. And these have been very effective tools for screening. But it's very quick. It's fast. But the colonoscopy is tedious. You need to book time. You need to go for the laxatives, you know, and all these things, which are sometimes a deterrent for many. But I think over the years, we have noted both in the developed world and developing nations that there's been still an increasing incidence for younger and younger cancers. We don't quite know why. So in fact, the guidelines of 45 to 50 probably don't obey as the, as the uh, public progresses in their environmental consumption of maybe dietary fat, red meat, you know, and, and things like that that can lead to higher risk of cancer formation. Mm, exactly. So what is happening in terms of making sure that we can do this a little bit more easily? You've talked to us about the schedule, who should be going, how often as well. But what if somebody really does not want to go for this procedure for whatever reason? What's your advice? Yeah, so, so I think firstly, uh, discuss uh, and understand your risks with your family. Huh? Chinese New Year is the best time huh? because we share gossips, we listen. <laughs> and that's often the time when you're like, oh, shucks, I may have a problem. I need to go and see a doctor early. Um, I think know the options that are available. I mentioned the colonoscopy, a stool test, and there's some new screening tools out in the market known as epiprocolon. And these are genetic biomarker blood tests that have come up very recently. Um, these are helpful for early detection and monitoring of early colorectal cancers. But obviously, this is very new. That it can divide your risk profile into low risk and high risk. But low risk doesn't mean no cancer risk and high risk doesn't mean you have colorectal cancer as well because there's always a false negative and false positive rate. But from the early statistics, it shows that it's quite sensitive and specific and certainly is a new option available for the, for the public as well. Let's talk a little bit, remind my listeners about who should be going for one and how often. Look, I'll be honest, I'm going to put it out there. I've been for one. I'm 42 years old now. When I turned 40, I was like, okay, time to start thinking about this. I don't have a family history, but here's the thing. When it comes to something like this, it's not necessarily about family history or evidence. Anybody above the age of 40 needs to start thinking about this, don't they? That's absolutely right. I, I think if I may give an analogy, 
Um, it's like servicing your car or your vehicle. Outside, it looks great. You're moving along fine. But if you don't go for routine servicing, checking under the hood, looking at the engine oil, the spark plugs that change, pumping out the tires, it's going to eventually break down somewhere. Yeah. And the cost to that repairs is going to cost you a lot more. So a colonoscopy is almost similar, right? We're looking under the hood for you, checking and making sure all these dangerous polyps that are precancerous are removed so that you do not develop this colorectal cancer problem in years to come. So with regards to your question, when should you start? I think certainly if you have a family history, uh, it's, it's quite significant. Uh, it should be done at least 10 years before the age of diagnosis that a family member has been diagnosed. In other words, if a mother or father or a sibling or grandparent has been diagnosed at the age of, say, 50 to 55, you should start your screening at 40 to 45. This is if you have no symptoms at all. But if you have symptoms that persist, and these can include blood in the stools, weight loss, a change in bowel habits that, you know, from constipation to diarrhea, things that are not so consistent, or just a pain that doesn't go away and is recurrent over a couple of weeks, then certainly seek medical attention for evaluation to determine if you need to do a colonoscopy. And after, look, I got to tell people when I'm in for it as well, that if you're worried about like the shy factor or the pain factor, you're under sedation. It's the, I, it's the best night's sleep I had. It's the best one hour sleep I had, actually. And I woke up and it was all done and finished as well. Post-colonoscopy, recovery is not really a thing, isn't it? It's, it's life goes on as normal in many ways. Yes, it's a day procedure, and I have some patients that fly in for the scope and fly back in the same afternoon or evening. But there needs to be some uh, care and, of course, some sensible uh, behaviours after that. Um, I think we give sedation, so you know, don't exercise and work on the same day because you may be a bit foggy and drowsy. And especially, please don't drive on the same day. You don't mm. want a car accident as yeah. well. Um, sometimes, because we use air, you may feel a little bit bloated. So don't revenge eat the moment you finish the colonoscopy. No mala hot pot after no that. Mala, okay. Please, you feel lots of discomfort and bloatedness. Um, the risks are very, very rare. Uh, so I've mentioned some. Uh, the risk of bleeding after a scope usually occurs if there's a biopsy, uh, and the risk is less than 0.1%. In fact, much less in Singapore as well. The second risk that I think many people are concerned about is called a perforation. Yeah. This is called a tear, a hole in the, the, in the large intestine. And this is, of course, quite serious. And feces comes out. You can get very sick from that. You need surgery sometimes to repair that. But again, in Singapore, it's very, very uncommon, very rare. I think it's one of those um, leftover fears from days gone by from th that might have happened many, many, many years ago, 10, 20 years ago, when people first heard about it and just stuck around that fear, didn't it? Yes, but I think it's still relevant. Uh, and when we see everyone, we still risk, uh, risk profile and still take consent. And there are some patients that are a little bit more careful about, for example, the very big size, you know, the high BMI, or those who have had recent heart attack and strokes that are not blood thinners that can't be stopped. And this one, we, we may do alternative forms of screening as well. Dr. Chu, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for speaking to my listeners today. Thank you, Daniel. Thanks with pleasure. Helping me understand colorectal cancer, which is that cancer of the colon and the rectum, which is in many ways the number one cancer in Singapore when you look at both male and female rates and the power of the colonoscopy as a screening a tool that could look for early signs and even remove what could be a precancerous polyp. Dr. Chu Min Ho, general and colorectal surgeon and president of the Colorectal Society. I'm Daniel Martin, and this has been Health Matters. Thank you all for joining me on today's edition. Health Matters, brought to you by Acumen Diagnostics. 
For more information, please call 8339-8766. Before making any decisions based on the information in our program, please consult a medical professional.